knows how to discombobulate me sometimes. No, I don't need that. I need my file. Thank you. With his presence, you know, and with what he wants to do in people's hearts, is, wasn't this absolutely a wonderful? These are eternal things. And you, congregation, are wonderful as you come to pre-service prayer to pray. You prayed for Johnny this morning. You prayed for Lorraine. And you play, prayed for... Hmm? Glowy, you prayed for her. You prayed for them this morning. Glory, and uh, that is wonderful. So, um, just a few announcements from me. Our message moments this afternoon that we'll be doing um, will be the, the Sunday... I think it's Sunday the 1st of October, when it was Pastor John's last, um, last message of the crossover weekend. So we'll be looking at that. We'll be talking around points in that message and this last Sunday's message. So when you're preparing for message moments this afternoon, if you have a moment to do that, just... Keep that in mind. Right. Um, we'll be talking around wonderful points that God made from those two messages. And then the other thing that I wanted to give you opportunity to, to flow with is that before Pastor John left, he said this to the My Exchanges. He said, Won't you read the book of Proverbs while I'm gone? Won't you take time to discuss it among yourselves? And I thought, why don't I make it available to everybody that wants to just take that and to read? Because Pastor John was ministering so beautifully to the, to the, to the A-team and the My Exchanges on the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom from the book of Proverbs. And then he said, let's read the book of Proverbs together. Until I get back. And so, if that's in your heart to do, then um, it's something. Because that goes hand in hand, people, with the Tuesday night that Pastor John came here to pray. He came to pray and he deputized us. He's used those words. I deputize you to be meditating on the word day and night. I deputize you. I took that deputization to be meditating on the word sometime during the day and sometime at night. Because that's what Joshua 1.8 says. When they were about to go into life, for, for life's victories, God said to Joshua, don't let this word depart from your mouth or from your eyes, but meditate on this word day and night so that you can make your way prosperous and you can have good success. Isn't that wonderful? And so we were deputized on Tuesday night at prayer meeting, all of Heritage of Faith people, to be meditating on the word day and night. Whether it's in Proverbs or whether it's one of the messages that Pastor John brought, that's what we do. That's what we do. In our church, we really just do believe that God speaks to Pastor John during the week about what he wants to say to us.
and then he brings the message. We really just do believe God's word from Thessalonians, where the Apostle Paul said to the church, he said, I'm so grateful to God for this, that you receive the word of God from us, not as the word of mere man, but as the word of God, as it truly is. That's exercising its superhuman power in you who believe and who adhere to it. In this church, we really do believe that Pastor John um, hears from God during the week and then he comes to bring God's message to us. So that's why we take it seriously here. Glory to God. So the Lord has been speaking to me a while about, I would say it's a series. I'm not quite sure how, it's, how God's going to bring it all out of me because of the crossover. The, the crossover, it's, my insides have crossed over into a place that I'm still navigating and with God is still teaching me. Hmm? Does that make sense to you? And so I know I'm not the same. I know that I'm transforming. I'm being formed into something that I wasn't before. Because that message, I am actually speaking to the people of Heritage of Faith today. I'm speaking to Heritage of Faith family today, those that are called to be planted here, those are who are called to be um, divinely, who recognize that they're divinely connected to Pastor John and that God has called them to this church, right? Now, if you are visiting here from another place, I'm sure you will be able to receive something from the Lord. But it is God's plan for you to find a place Deuteronomy chapter 12, and you shall find a place which the Lord your God shall choose for you to go. And there you shall go. And there you shall rejoice, you and your children. And there you shall bring. And there you shall hear the word of God. And of course, we know that beautiful scripture about those that are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish. Glory to God. Those that are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish. And so, um, if you are visiting here, uh, you, there are some things that you might not understand because I'm coming from messages that have been coming from Pastor John that are all in me and I'm ministering out of that. But I'm sure that the Holy Spirit will have something for you this morning if you're just visiting. So the, my message is crossover part seven and I wasn't quite sure what to call it. I will decide but I had three things here. The overcoming anointing. But then also, he, the way he gave it to me is a time of temptation. A time of temptation. Where we're going to have a look to see how Satan is very intentional in his temptation. Satan is very intentional to tempt you, to tempt you, so that he can get you to come to where he wants you to be, not where God knows you can be. So we're going to have a look at a lot of scripture today. You are such a most wonderful congregation. You have learned to sit 
and listen and look and receive the word of God into your heart as you sit here. So I know that you're going to be so focused on the scriptures that are going to come up and you're going to let the scriptures speak to your heart this morning. So when we are tempted, there is a tempter. And then there is our carnal nature. There's another word for our carnal nature. It's our flesh. Now, Pastor John's message on the crossover weekend, he says, I've been around in the church a long time where everything was a demon. And then I've been around the church for a long time when it swings the other way. Oh, no, it's not the devil. It's just your flesh. It's just your carnal nature. You can't say it's one or the other. I'm quoting him. It's both. They feed each other. That was very powerful to me. Can I read that again to you? You know what? You are like sponges here. You are sitting. I feel like you're sucking these words out of me. You're going into your spirit. Oh, Ma, ma, ma. So I've been in the church a long time where everything was a demon. And then I've been in the church when it swings the other way. And it's all your own lusts and your own desires. You can't say it's one or the other. It's both. And Scripture is going to prove that to us today. They feed each other. So I want to show you that an entire church... An entire church can be beguiled by Satan. So God is speaking to this church to say, I want an entire church that believes, that knows how to recognize temptation, knows how to deal with temptation, especially knows how to recognize temptation so that you can then say, now I will deal with this temptation. Right? So that we can overcome. We can tap that overcoming temptation anointing. Because it's in you. The anointing says in the book of John, little John, the anointing which you have received abides and remains permanently in you. So that you have no need that anyone should teach you anything. And this anointing is no falsehood and it's no lie. It's the truth. So stay knit to it. What is the anointing? Oh, let's rather say, who is the anointing? The Holy Spirit among us and within us. So I want to show you an example out of the New Living Translation that's going to come up. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1 to 4. This is the Apostle Paul talking to a church. So therefore, this is the Scripture speaking to us today. I hope you will put up with a little more of my foolishness. Please bear with me. For I am jealous for you with the jealousy of God Himself. I promised you as a pure bride to one husband, Christ. But I fear that somehow your pure and undivided devotion to Christ will be corrupted just as Eve was deceived by the cunning ways of the serpent. Wow. Apostle Paul talking to an entire church. 
saying, you all, I was fearing that you all were being tempted, just like Eve was tempted. What, we know what Eve was tempted with, to go her own way. Not to listen to God, to go her own way, make her own way, and not to obey God. So, let me finish this because it's quite a powerful um, portion of Scripture. You happily put up with whatever anyone tells you, even if they preach a different Jesus than the one we preach, or a different kind of spirit than the one you received, or a different kind of gospel than the one you believed. Okay, that's it. Just wanted to show you that an entire church can be deceived and beguiled by Satan. Right. So this is quite a shocking statement. Satan hates. Satan hates. As God is love, Satan is hate. That's all that is in him is hate. Isn't that quite shocking? Satan is hate. We're going to see from Scripture here. He hates all mankind. He hates God. He hates the church. His army is marching specifically against the church. He is marching specifically against this church. He is marching specifically against you. Let's have a look and see what Jesus and his word says about Satan. John 8, 43 to 44. Here's Jesus speaking. He's speaking to the Pharisees and the Sadducees that are just debating with him and say, we don't believe a thing you're saying. So this is Jesus in the Amplified Bible. Why do you misunderstand what I say? It is because you are unable to hear what I'm saying. You cannot bear to listen to my message. Your ears are shut to my teaching. You are of your father, the devil. You are of your father, the devil. Are there people in this world that are, that are of their father, the devil? Yes. They don't listen to a thing, Jesus says. They couldn't care. Jesus who? Jesus what? The cross what? Born again what? You are of your father, the devil, and it is your will. You see, they're willful. It's their will. It is your will to practice the lusts and gratify the desires which are characteristic of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning. Right? Does he hate? Is he hate? To murder is hate. He was a murderer from the beginning, does not stand in the truth. There is no truth in him. When he speaks a falsehood or a lie, he speaks what is natural to him. For he is a liar himself and the father of lies and of all that is false. Right. 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9. We're looking to see what Scripture says about Satan. Stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, the devil. 
He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him. Be strong in your faith. Remember that your Christian brothers and sisters all over the world are going through the same kind of suffering you are. Right. Watch out for your great enemy. He has great enmity in him. He's an enemy of all that is good, of all that is love, of all that is Jesus. Right? Revelation 12.9, King James Version, Revelation 12.9 says, And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan. Can you see all his names there? Which deceives the whole world. The whole world is deceived by the devil. That's why the Bible calls him the God of this world. He's the God of this world system. The way things run and operate in the world, he's the God of that. Father God has a kingdom completely in the light. Everything is in the light. Satan has his world system, kingdom of darkness. So everything that is in his world system is a lie. Right, interesting. Revelation 12, 12. The devil has come down to you in fierce anger and fury because he knows that he has only a short time left. That's what's happening in the world right now. That's why the devil, this thing, like Pastor John has been teaching us, this thing in Israel is a spiritual war. It's not a natural war. Because that land was given to the Israelites, Jerusalem was given to the Israelites as far back as Abraham. God made a covenant with Abraham, this shall be your land. So the war that's happening there now that always has happened against Israel, always has happened against God's covenant Jewish people, is a spiritual war. It's just not for, for a whole race of people, the Hezbollah and the, the Hamas, to say my whole purpose for living is to wipe every Jew off the face of the earth. That's what they say. It's all over. They say it out openly. My whole purpose for living is to wipe every Jew off the face of the earth. They're God's covenant people. Why has there been such a war over that little bit of dirt? Because God gave it to them in 1948. He gave them a, a country. They never had a country. And then God gave them a country. And there's been war, spiritual war over it. The war happens through Satan and his demons through human beings that let him in to do his will. It's hatred. It's hatred. Pure, sheer hatred. So he's come down in fierce anger because he knows he has only a short time left. So this... These are God's covenant people as we are God's covenant people. As powerfully as Pastor John ministered to us, I can't go through all of that now. So here's 1 John 3, verse 1 John 3, 
verse 8 and 9. It's one of those verses. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. So in this church, God wants to speak to the people in this church. That was just some, I'm just laying a foundation here because next week we're going to in, going into some intense things. I need to lay a foundation here for you today. Um, I'm just going to give you a definition of the word temptation. It's a 12th century word. It says, the act of enticing someone to sin. An experience of being tempted. The 12th century etymology says of the devil, flesh, etc. Isn't that interesting? Then it says this. To lure someone from God's truth. You see, because the word temptation has gone back as far as the 12th century. Today, the word temptation does not mean what it meant then. But when God was using the word, it meant what it meant then. That's why it's so good to go to the etymology of a word. So, to lure someone from God's word, to provoke and defy God. Just like Eve did. And Adam the Webster's, the 1913 Webster's Dictionary says this, enticement by arguments, by flattery, or by the offer of some real apparent good. Some real apparent good. And the Webster says, that which is presented to the mind. That's where his warfare begins, is presenting to the mind Actually, he's set up this world system so that he doesn't even have to talk to you very much. There's just things that present themselves to your mind all the time because he's the God of this world. But then there's times when there's a believer. We, God is talking to us believers today. Right. So, in this church, many are in a time of temptation because of the word we're receiving because of the word we're receiving, many are in a time of temptation. And this is good news because it means we're in a growth spurt together. To be strong in our faith, strong in our love for one another, to come up in love, to come up in faith, it's the levels. It's the year of the maximum. It's the levels attainable. Levels attainable. Transformed relationships that Pastor John's been ministering to us about. Because when we come up to the unity of the brethren level, remember Pastor John read that? When we come up to the unity of the brethren level, when we come up to the unity of the brethren level, the enemy is powerless among us as a church, as an ecclesia. When we come up to the unity of the brethren level. Now unity isn't because we come to sit together on a Sunday morning and we're unified because we're together. No, the unity of the brethren that the Bible talks about is to be of one mind. We all think the same. One heart. We all believe the same. And then there's a, a, a powerful scripture that says, 
one mouth. We're of one mouth. We're of one mind. We think like each other. Here in this church, we think like each other. We speak like each other. We speak his word that we receive here. We think and meditate on his word that we receive here. One mouth and one heart. And we believe. We believe, as I said to you early on, we really do believe the messages that come from the Holy Spirit to this church. We really do believe God's precious, holy, written word. We really do believe the prophetic word that comes, that you shall, that, that this is the year of the maximum. It's a year of levels, levels, going up to levels never attained before. Spiritual levels, natural levels, you know, just everything God has for us. And we really do believe. You see, God speaks personally to you too. So there's those four things. It's the, it's the, the precious holy written word. Then it's the public word that comes to us. Then it's the prophetic word that we receive, not because we surf the web, because we receive it from our own family. And then there's the personal word that he speaks to us too. Those things we believe. So when we sing, I'm a believer, we, we, we're singing what we are. We are believers. So we're coming up. Because when we come up to the unity of the brethren level, the enemy is powerless amongst us as an ecclesia. I'm building a foundation for next week when I come to show you how, how Satan comes to bring division between us. So, almost an entire people were tempted in the wilderness by the devil and their flesh to not believe God's blueprint for them. They didn't even believe that he had one, even though he said he had one. He said to his people, I'm bringing you out of Egypt and I'm bringing you into your promised land. And the Bible says they didn't believe him. They went a little way with him and then they said, no, we want to go back to Egypt. You think that they were tempted? Both and, right? They were tempted because these ancient spirits that tempt today were still were there then. They're the same spirits. So, I want to show you something very precious here that the Lord highlighted to me. Exodus 13, 17 to 18, the Amplified Bible. This is God taking an entire people out of bondage, out of Egypt, out of their world system of that day, taking them out. And, say, and making promises to them. When Pharaoh let the people go, God led them not by way of the land of the Philistines. You see, God's leading them out. Although that was nearer, for God said, lest the people change their purpose when they see war and return to Egypt. So he had a reason for taking them through the wilderness. I don't want them to get so frightened from war and so overwhelmed by war that they want to go back. Can you see God's purpose? 
And it says here, but God led the people around by the way of the wilderness toward the Red Sea. And the Israelites went up in ranks out of the land of Egypt. Now, Hosea 2.14, this was his purpose for them. This was his intent of his heart, what he wanted to do with them in the wilderness. He didn't want them there for 40 years. He had a purpose. I'm taking you out of Egypt and now, now I've got you. I've got you. Therefore, behold, I will allure Israel and bring her into the wilderness, and I will speak tenderly to her heart. The time of the Israelites in the wilderness was to be a time of tenderness. A time of God tenderly speaking to his people where they had been in bondage for so long. It was his whole motive to draw them with cords of love. This is how he put it to me. He brought them to the wilderness to love them, to love on them, to speak tenderly to them, and then for them to learn to love him. You can see it in the book of Deuteronomy. I've told you this so many times before. In the book of Deuteronomy, when Moses was preparing the people for the promised land and God was speaking to Moses, God was wearing his sleeve, his heart on his sleeve. There must be about seven or eight times in the book of Deuteronomy. He says, now when you come, when you come into the promised land, love me, love me, love me, love me, the Lord your God, with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your heart, with all your strength, love me. He took his people to the wilderness to love them and for them to so be loved by God that they in turn would love him. It's all about the love of God. It's time to believe the love of God. But they refused. They yielded to the lies of the devil and their own selves. So we're going to look at a time of temptation because God wants you to know that you will have times of temptation. You will be tempted to do things that will draw you away from God. That will not be you loving God. It will not be you loving God. Let's go to Luke 8.13, King James Version. It's talking about the different types of soil Jesus is talking here, about the word of God that falls on hearts. Like today, this word of God, this word is falling on hearts. But your reception of it, you see, there's nothing wrong with the transmission of his word here this morning. It's the reception. It's how you receive the word. It's how you sit and think about it and debate it and question it and then reason it right out of your life. Or, like most of you have learned, just to pull it right into your heart. Glory to God. But God wants you to know that there is real temptations and times of temptation. So, they on the rock, which when they hear... Receive the word with joy, and these have no root. So that's what God wants you to grow, Johnny. Root. And you will only grow root from the word of God that you keep coming to hear. 
You keep coming to listen. It's the same for all of us. It's the only way any of us grow a root of, that will settle us in God. That we will just be so steady. We will be so unmovable in God is because we allow His Word into our hearts. Right? We allow His Word and His words, words into our hearts. And so it says here, they receive the word with joy and they have no root. There's another translation that says in themselves because they haven't grown it yet. They haven't grown a root yet. They just heard it with joy, right? But there's an advancement and a maturity and a development that God wants to have happen in you now. There's a development. He wants you to become a grown-up, grown mature son of God, right, that walks with him, talks with him, hears him, obeys him like a grown-up, a grown-up grown son of God, you know. That's what he's after with all of us, to be grown-ups in him, grown up in him, in his word. So these have no root which for a while believe. So they believe for a while. Some translations say a short time, they believe. And in time of temptation, fall away. So this thing of temptation is very, very important for us to know that there's a tempter, there's temptation, but there's, we're going to see in here now. So now we're going to have a look at Jesus being tempted. Jesus tempted. We have to see Jesus' temptation and how it was, it, was, it was fierce. His temptation was so fierce that angels had to come and minister to him afterwards. Because when you're being tempted, your spirit man is saying, I want to, I want to do the right thing. I want to serve God. I want to obey. And your flesh and your mind and everything is screaming, no, I want to go this way. I want to go this way. And then he's bombarding your mind and he's bombarding your mind. And friends are saying things to you. And you're going to places where you shouldn't be going, where you're being tempted. And you're reading stuff that are temp that's tempting you. And you're looking at stuff that's tempting you. And you're thinking about things that's tempting you. And God is saying, There's an overcoming power. There's a strengthening. There's an anointing. There's a help that he can give you if you make a pull on him and you run to him for help in a time of temptation. You can overcome temptation because Jesus did and you're born again and you're created in the image of God. You can overcome. Sometimes the temptation is so strong because it can be things that you've given yourself to it, to them for so long. You so, so this temptation is so strong. That's God speaking to you now because you've given your flesh over to it for so long. And so the temptation is so strong and you need all the help you can get. And you've got to go to God for help. I'll give you that scripture. Maybe I should give it to you now because I'm not going to 
Let me see here. I'm going to give it to you right now. It's in Hebrews. It's in Hebrews. It's that scripture that says, Come boldly to the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. You've got to come boldly to God and you've got to say, God, I'm being tempted. I'm I'm acknowledging the temptation. I'm being tempted. I've come to you for help. And he might say to you, go and see. Go and see, Pastor G. Go and see, Pastor C. Go and see a strong one in the Word to stand by thee. Glory to God to stand with you in this time of temptation because you choose to not yield, but it's so strong. It's so strong. And the devil has a strong hold in your mind on that. I'm going to just find that. Come boldly. See, these are some scriptures you must know. You must know this word so that you can do it. You can know. You must know. You mustn't feel ashamed when you're being tempted. You mustn't feel ashamed when you're being tempted. Everybody gets tempted. Temptation comes to all. You must go to God for help. So it's easier now. Okay. All right, I don't really like the... Oh, the TPT is okay on this, but really the Amplified Bible is, is powerful. It's Hebrews 4, chapter 4, verse 16. So now we draw near freely and boldly to where grace is enthroned to receive mercy and discover the grace we urgently need. It is very good, actually. To discover the grace we urgently need to strengthen us in our time of weakness. I'm so weak, Lord. I'm so weak. He's got a way out for you out of that temptation. He's got a way out for you. So, So here we're going to look at Jesus' temptation. I think, let's go to the Luke 4 one. I'll read you the other one next week. Luke 4, 1 to 8. And Jesus, King James Version, Jesus being full of the Holy Spirit returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being 40 days tempted of the devil. In those days he did eat nothing, and when they were ended, he afterward hungered, and the devil said. The devil said. Does the devil have a voice? Just as much as there's this inner power going on in you. So the devil comes from outside to your mind. He comes 
to your mind, to bombard your mind. When you're born again, he can't touch your spirit. He can't touch your spirit. The Holy Spirit lives in there. He comes to your mind, right? He came to Jesus' mind to be tempted, being 40 days tempted of the devil. And in those days he did eat nothing, and when they were ended, he was hungered. And the devil said, if you be the Son of God, command the stone that it be made bread. And Jesus answered him saying, it is written, it is written. You see, he knew, he's, you've got to have the word handy for that with which you're being tempted with. You've got to have the word handy at hand for that with which you're being tempted with. Right? And Jesus answered, it's written. He spoke God's word. And the devil taking him up into a high mountain showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, the devil said, all this power will I give you and the glory of them for that is delivered unto me and to whomsoever I will give it. Yeah, he is the God of this world. And Jesus did come to save the world. So this was a massive temptation. If thou wilt therefore worship me, all shall be thine. And Jesus answered and said to him, get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and him only shall thou serve. And he brought him to Jerusalem and set him on a pinnacle of the temple and said unto him, if you be the son of God, cast yourself down from here, for it is written, Satan can also quote scripture. It is written. It is written that he will give his angels charge over thee to keep thee. And in their hands shall they bear thee up, lest at any time you dash your foot against the stone. And Jesus answering said unto him, It is said, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. And when the devil had ended all temptation, he departed from him for a season. And look at this here. Look what happens to you when you've overcome. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. What happens to me when I overcome temptation? Every time I return out of that cycle of temptation when I beat him and I return in the power of the Holy Spirit, I'm much more strong. I'm much more powerful. Hallelujah. I've grown up. I've grown up. I'm grown up. I'm becoming grown up in God. Not just yielding to every little temptation. Baby, baby, God wants us grown up. Okay, and Jesus, verse 14, returned in the power of the Spirit. He could be strong for, he, he was so powerful after that, right? And they went, and he returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee, and they went out of fame of him through the whole region round about. After the overcoming of the temptation, there was a shift and a change in Jesus. And he taught in their synagogues, being glorified of all. And he came to Nazareth where he'd been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal. Look at this. After he overcame the temptation, look what he could step into. Now, 
he has this anointing on him. This was not said before his temptation of Jesus. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, recovering our sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book and he gave it again to the minister and sat down. And the eyes of all that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. I overcame. I am going to read you the scripture next week in a different translation where it says, and Satan left him for a season. Satan was always coming to tempt Jesus. And then his great hour of temptation was in the Garden of Gethsemane. Right. So, I'm going to read, I want to show you Luke 8, 11 and 12 from the Passion Translation. Have we got that one? Thank you. Luke 8, 11 and 12, the Passion Translation. I've read it to you from the King James. It says here, the seeds, this is the seeds of God's word. The seeds falling on gravel represents those who initially respond to the word with joy. But soon afterward, when a season of difficulty and harassment of the enemy comes to them, they wither and fall away for they have no root in the truth. And their faith is temporary. See, he wants the truth of his word to grow root in your heart and you only going to grow root from the word you hear with joy that you overcome the devil with now. You understand that? This word that I heard with joy and now the temptation comes to me to steal this word out of my heart. We have to find that scripture where Jesus says, when you hear the word, Satan comes at once to steal the word out of your heart. The word, the what word? The word you heard with joy. He comes at once, immediately, to steal this word out of your heart. And that's why it's got to be your choice to say, I'm, coming, I'm going to God to overcome temptation. Right. So let's look at our time of temptation from Scripture just to show you that it's real. 1 Peter 4, 12 to 13, Amplified Bible. Beloved, do not be amazed and bewildered at the fiery ordeal which is taking place, place to test your quality. Was that a fiery ordeal Jesus was going through to test his quality? Where does fiery things come from? Not from God. The fiery darts of the enemy. That's what you have to have your shield of faith for, is to quench the fiery, fiery darts of the enemy. Fiery, okay? So I'm going to read this. It says, Beloved, do not be amazed and bewildered at the fiery ordeal which is taking place to test your quality as though something strange and unusual and alien to you and your position were befalling you. But insofar as you are sharing Christ's sufferings, what did he suffer there? Being tempted, tested and tried. You're sharing his sufferings. I too am being tempted, tested and tried. Rejoice so that when his glory is revealed, you may also rejoice triumphantly. 
That's why your armor's got to be on, right? We're going to look at 1 Peter 1, 6 to 9. I'm building a foundation here so that you can understand that there's a temptation that happens. It will happen to you for the rest of your life. That's why Pastor John says, oh, you want to choose a life of comfort? You've been born into war. You've been born to fight the good fight of faith. You've been born to win. So don't make this life of ease an ideal that you want to live by. Rather, be a grown-up son that says, um, resist, I resist temptation, I overcome, I fight the good fight of faith. Um, I'm winning because I'm, I'm actively at war here with all these things coming to my mind. I'm actively subjugating and putting them under because I can, so I am. So, says here, you should be exceedingly glad on this account, though now for a little while you may be distressed by trials and suffer temptations. Temptations come to you so that your faith can fail. Your faith can fail. That which you believed and you received with joy can just fail. Why do temptations come? Though you may be distressed by trials and suffer temptations, temptations so that the genuineness of your faith may be tested. Your faith, which is infinitely more precious than the perishable gold, which is tested and purified by fire. Right. So I'm not going to go into that. I want to go to James 1, 2 to 5, Amplified Bible. He's after your faith and, your, and the word of God in your heart. What you really believe. What you really believe. He'll come. He'll come to he'll come to your door. He'll come to your face. He'll come to your mind and he'll bombard you. So do you really believe this? Do you really believe this? Look at this. Consider it wholly joyful, my brethren, when you are enveloped in. See what temptations can do. They can envelop you. When you're enveloped in or encounter trials of any sort or fall into various temptations. Can you see that? They are various. His temptations are varied. They're various. They are very temptations. <sighs> right? Be assured and understand that the trial and proving of your faith bring out endurance and steadfastness and patience. But let endurance and steadfastness and patience have full play and do a thorough work so that you may be people perfectly, fully developed, grown up. Grown up. Grown up. Developed. Fully developed. God wants you fully developed. As his son, as his child, he wants you fully developed. You can be fully developed. God has given us everything we need to, to overcome. He's given us the church. He's given us his word. He's given us the Holy Spirit within. He's given us each other's love. He's given us, he's given us everything to overcome. So, 
James 1.12, Amplified Bible. Blessed is the man or the woman or the boy or the girl. Blessed is the man who is patient under trials and stands up under temptation. For when he has stood the test, did Jesus stand the test in the garden? When he has stood the test and been approved, he will receive the victor's crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Why would you want to resist temptation? Because you love him. Why would you want to resist temptation? Because you love him. You love him. You love him. You love him. I want to resist temptation. Anything that the devil wants to throw at me to lure me and entice me away from living the high life that God's called me to live because I love him. I love him because he died for me so that I can live this life of victory. I love him. Hallelujah. Glory. I love him. That's why I will resist temptation. That's why he resisted temptation. He loved the Father. He loved the Father. He came to do the will of the Father. He was tempted in the garden. Drops of blood. He loved the Father. The love of the Father just kept him being obedient. Hallelujah. And I'm going to stop there. I believe I'm going to stop there. And now I'm going to finish this scripture. He will receive the victor's crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. He knows that those who love him, because that whole verse is, I've been patient, I'm being consistent under temptation. I'm going to stand the test and I will receive the crown of life because God knows I love him. God knows I'm resisting because I love him. And so then, verse 13 is very powerful. Please, people, this is probably one of the most powerful scriptures you can ever know about temptation. Let no one say when he is tempted, I'm tempted from God. Let no one say. Let no one say when I'm tempted, I'm tempted of God. Now, there are some scriptures where, it's, where it, it indicates and God tempted and God tested. But I want to read you this from Vines so that you can settle it. James 1, the scripture I'm reading, seems to contradict other statements of scripture in two respects, saying that God cannot be tempted with evil and he himself tempts no man. But God tempted or tried Abraham in Hebrews eleven seventeen, and the Israelites tempted and tried God in 1 Corinthians 10. However, makes it plain that whereas in these cases the temptation or trial came from without, James refers to temptation or trial arising from within, from uncontrolled appetites and evil passions. See? So such temptation does not proceed from God. God's not tempting you in your flesh with evil things, evil passions and your evil fallen nature, right? Because God regards these people while they endure it. And by a test and approves them. Well done, Sharon, that you that you 
you used my overcoming anointing and you used my word and you stood the test and you bore up under this temptation from Satan. He's called the tempter. God does not tempt you with evil. Never. Never, never, never. Never, never, never. That's why we have to look at that again. Let no one say when he is tempted, I'm tempted from God. For God is incapable of being tempted by what is evil and he himself tempts no one with evil. But every person is tempted when he is drawn away. Can you see that? Every person is tempted when he is drawn away and enticed and baited by his own evil desire and lusts and passions. Then the evil desire, when it is conceived, gives birth to sin and sin when it's fully matured. When sin's full grown, grown up. Sin has grown up in me now. That's what happens. When it's fully matured, it brings forth death. The death is not physical death, but it's separation from God and the goodness and the life that actually God has for you. Isn't this powerful? I'm stopping right now because this is enough for this morning. Uh, Yeah. So God wants us to know about temptation, acknowledge temptation, and choose to overcome temptation. And not be ashamed and, and, and be ashamed of yourself, you know, when, when you're being tempted. Because it's common to man, the Bible says, everybody's tempted like that. Glory to God. Did you, I know you got something out of this this morning, right? You got something out of it. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. For this wonderful day, I thank you for ministering to us about temptation. Thank you for this ongoing word that you're going to be giving us, Father. Showing us all the things that the enemy can tempt us with and how, how he comes and, and how we can overcome, Lord. And I thank you for your people, any of your people that are being tempted right now, Father. That they're in a time of temptation, as your word says. In a time of temptation, they fall away, Father. That I pray for them, just like Jesus prayed for Simon Peter. Satan has asked for you to be sifted like wheat, but I pray for you. I pray for you this morning, Heritage of Faith people, every one of you, that your faith may not fail you. And that you may stand up strong and endure and overcome the temptations that are happening in your life right now. Right now. Whatever you're being tempted with, I pray that your faith may not fail you, but that you successfully come through this cycle of temptation and return, return into your life in the power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, That you return. In the power of the Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And I pray for you that you are blessed going out and blessed coming in. You are blessed in your day today. You are, the word and the blood of Jesus surrounds you and protects you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the peace of God be upon you. The peace of God be upon you. His touch is upon you. His touch is upon you, upon you all. Be so blessed. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye.